All right, this is for real. We are for real starting right here. This is it, episode 353 of No Laugh Track Podcast. We are here at Acme because it's Acme's podcast. I'm Justin Severson, the lucky guy who gets to host this every week. My guest today was here a mere three years ago. I'm saying that uh, sarcastically because it, it, uh, I had so much fun, it seems like, the other day, but because I missed him so much, it seems like an eternity. <laughs> it was three years ago, episode 216 to episode 353. It is Todd Glass. Hello, Todd. Hello. How you doing? Very good. Yeah, I missed. I have some friends that live here, a few friends, and... Uh, so I was like, has it been, it's been three years. It went by almost three, it's almost three years. Yeah. So, uh, but I think I had to cancel once and then we just kept, I would ask for, and then it wouldn't work in his end. And then this time it, but boom, it worked. And somehow it worked out actually the three years, uh, was like this week. I don't oh, know really? how that worked out. Yeah. It maybe I like to come not in the summer cause I prefer the cool. You know, so probably maybe we figure October, uh, what, are, what are we in September yeah. now? So Mid-September, both yeah, times. cools down a little. We don't need to talk about the weather, but I will just say yeah. uh, it's 80 today. So I know, it's I know. seasonably warm. <laughs> uh, but as just like last time, very excited to talk to you again. Um, I didn't come and say hi, but I was here last night. You were? With my wife, yes. Wow, where were you sitting? Uh, stage, what would that be? It's right that way. Right there. About 20 feet back behind kind of to the side of that pillar there. I'm always like, oh, I hope my show was good. Yeah. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> you kidding me? I try. Of course it was. There was, uh, we'll point out some similarities. You're still doing the intro where you come out, you do to the microphone and back. and Still do my own intro. Still do your own intro. Yeah. Set the table, let everybody in the crowd know. There's yeah. some just some simple rules. We're going to yeah. have a good time here. I think, I ho- always hope I make it loving but stern. Yeah. Because you don't want the good audience members, which are the majority of audiences. That's the good news. Like, I always say that. Like, majority of audiences are awesome, yeah. especially when you're working a good club. They've cultivated wonderful audiences. That's what's nice about it. But you're always getting new people. Maybe they haven't been trained yet. Maybe they don't know the lay of the land at the club. And for those people, the the good clubs, which obviously this is one of them, they're, they got doormen work in the room. It's not heckling we always talk about, really. Heckling right. people knows wrong. It's loud talking at the tables. Mm-hmm. And people always say the same thing. Like, oh, we were just laughing. But anyway, I try to make the announcement loving but stern. Yeah. And uh, I feel no one can do it like I can do it, you know? No, no, absolutely not. And mm-hmm. I love that you use the word silly a few times. We're going to be silly. Yeah. It's fun. We're going to be silly. Just let your guard down. Yeah. Yeah, because that's a pr- some people have a hard time as they get older. One night I was talking, I think we mentioned it on stage last night, did I, about a band member. I said, without just being negative about the people that I look, that I'm not engaging sometimes. You know, even if it's 15 people out of a room of 300, I will catch them. We're a group. We're a guy. And I, my, the band member gave me a great word. I don't even know if I say it right. He goes, some people, as they get older, they don't have reckless abandon. Reckless abandonment or reckless abandon? Abandon, I believe. Reckless abandon. Yeah. It sounds like I'm saying it wrong. But, um, and I, I guess that, I go, oh, that means like letting, like not, just be reckless a little. Like, yeah. you know, be reckless. Like, be silly. Be like, it doesn't have to be true what you expected it if it's like, so, or, and also, yes, an ability to have a childlike wonder. Yeah. And that was better than calling them dumb because they're not dumb. <laughs> dumb is just a lazy word to throw around. Yeah. I do it sometimes also. Oh, the dumb people, they don't get. But it's the, the, the ability to let your guard down and have a childlike wonder. And I think to enjoy my show, you sort of have to have that. When my wife and I were uh, waiting to get our tickets last night, there was a large group in front of us. 
And I, yep, you just pointed to probably uh-huh. where they were sitting. I, I quickly got the vibe that they weren't from here. Did you end up talking to any of them after the show? Do you know more than uh, I do? No, no, I would not. Okay. And now, by the way, I, I don't mind talking about it. I don't want to bring it up, but I want to preface it that, you know, and I'm not just saying it. People know that come here. This club, I think people do think it's a line you say. Like when you're on radio and you go, Hackbeat Comedy Club is one of sure. the best top five clubs in the pla- on the planet, on the planet. Yeah. They go, oh, okay, do you say that every city? I like to say it this. It doesn't mean if it's a step down from here, then it's the worst club in the world. There's some clubs, if this is a 10, they're nines, eights, that's great. But this is a 10. And then, uh, but so overwhelmingly, these crowds have been, like we said, cultivated yes. to be these wonderful audiences. But hey, like a club once, you want a new flow of people. But mm-hmm. I knew while I was making my opening announcement, that's why I always tell the door staff, when I'm doing my opening announcement from the voice of God, watch the crowd. Don't say anything, because during an announcement, they'll think you're crazy. You know, if you go, hey, keep it down during the announcement. But watch them, and you'll be able to spot the people that are going to be troubled during the show. So just watch them. Make note to it. Okay, them over there. Or if I go, hey, and we do appreciate no heckling during the show, if somebody goes, boo, no, then you address them. And uh, I knew when I was making the opening announcement that that group was going to be. Interesting. uh, Luckily, because a club like this, they had a doorman planted right behind Mm -hmm. them, and uh, eventually they left. Yeah. Which was great. Yeah. Because you know what it is? Uh, I talk about the same thing all the time. I always tell clubs, we, I was talking to uh, Brandon about this right before we started the podcast. If a doorman is 30 feet away from people, he can hear if they're just like, oh, yeah, well, they joke me. But the people around them, the people that are literally sometimes four inches from them, yeah. they hear it. So I go, just roam the room. Tell your security guys, stand there, stand there. Don't walk away after they're quiet because they'll see you walk away, yep. and then they go back to mumbling. Mm-hmm. The mumbling you can't hear when you're 20 feet away, but again, the 30 people around them can hear it. And they don't know that they can go tell a doorstep. I tell my podcast listeners, if you're at a club and someone next to you is just, they're not heckling, they're not yelling at the top of the lungs, but they're, I'll say it, quietly talking through the whole show. I'll even put the word quietly in. They're yeah. quietly talking. I say, don't make eye contact. Don't create a weird energy. Just never look at them. Go to the bathroom, supposedly, uh, and tell the door yes, person. Yes. They come over. They're not going to think that you ratted them out unless you've been staring at them all night. Right, and right. maybe, hey, guys, could you keep it down? And I always tell. So when my podcast listeners are here, they know it. Audience members don't necessarily know that, oh, yeah, you don't have to have these people talking quietly behind you the whole goddamn yeah, yeah, yeah. show. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like but that a lot. The good thing is, like I said, it, ha- it hardly happens here. So I listen back to – I do this – all the time. I listen back to episodes like the one that we did. Just to kind of maybe if there was some, something we want to uh, catch yeah. up on or I don't want to repeat anything. So, some stuff like that. By the way, I also have the band here for anybody listening. Oh, yeah. So oh, that yeah. I didn't have last time. That's right. I didn't have That's the band right. Here. Yeah, I want to talk about uh, we'll, that yeah. some more here. Um, well, go ahead. So some, I just had a few things that have changed since the last time you were here. Uh, <laughs> I thought this was really funny. I can't believe how much time is or how quickly this happened. We mentioned that uh, Network CISO was coming and that people were going to be doing specials for CISO. I know. Gone. It's been gone for two years now, or a year and a half, two yeah. years already. I guess it's like everything. So yeah, some start out. You know, someone else will do what they were trying to do and uh, do it do it better. Or maybe some people would say Netflix came in. Yeah. But I thought CISO was going to house like, you know, maybe some stand-ups that couldn't get a stand-up special on Netflix, but had this niche, very mm-hmm. eclectic thing. But yeah, they sort of went under. Uh, they didn't sort of go under. They went under. Yeah, I mean, the stuff that they had, you know, ended up in other places and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, 
This is I'm just putting things out there because I'm such yeah. a fan of. Uh, we t- talked back then briefly about what was like one of your first late night things was with Conan, and since then he's been doing those Without Borders shows. Have you watched any of those? Let me they tell you are something. So good. I agree. I agree. I love Conan O'Brien. You know, the the, the, the what he's done. You know, by everything from when from when they tried to change the time slot, he goes, "No, that I'm not." I'll, and then he was on TBS. I would imagine when it was over there, you know, he he was having fun, but in my head, it looked like he he broke out now and is doing what he wants to do. And besides just being fucking hilarious, excuse my language, <laughs> um, the 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 uh, where he travels around on the Netflix, you know, that's, you know, I, you might think this is pushing it a little, but I don't. You know, I call that Mr. Rogers type of uh, hmm. st- uh, material, meaning material, meaning what he does with his time on this planet. And, and during the uh, during the Mr. Rogers uh, documentary, his wife goes, there's other Mr. Rogers out there. You just have to look. And I like that instead yeah. of her saying there'll never be another Mr. Rogers. No, it's OK to go. There are other. Huh. And what does that mean? Because you go Conan O'Brien, Mr. Rogers. He goes to other countries and brings peace, love understanding empathy and makes this world a better place being exactly who he is with his sense of humor mixed with the right amount of respect and it makes me cry sometimes when i see uh some of the work he does traveling around um just you know uh, having uh, good communications especially with other countries especially you know uh the country that um you know uh the guy with the orange face and orange hair um called the shithole right and then he goes over there and and, sa- and says, no, we're not, we don't, we're, he doesn't speak for all of us, right. you know. so good. So, so I've been loving good. everything he does from that stuff to just everything. I just love, and I hope he's happy because he looks like he is. Uh-huh. He looks like I he's really. I told one, one night, my wife was like, what are, what is this? I know. And I was like, well, they're, YouTube's full of them right now. I'll play two more tonight. I know. They're, they're so, great. They're so good. There's so many great, like, you, have you seen, I, I, uh, just, uh, I um, oh, I think I should leave or. It's a sketch show. I know. Am I, I saying it say, wrong? Uh, yeah, it's something like that. For, I know what you're talking about. For loving it so much, I, I always haven't watched it yet. It, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's so it's funny. Netflix, yeah. It's, it's, it's. I'm laying on the sofa, kicking my feet in there, giggling. Love it. it. It's, and I think what's unique about it, if I can make people want to watch it, first of all, I, I'm a big fan of like K and K, Keenan, K and Keenan Peel. Yeah, I have a hard time with that too. Um, there's some really funny sketches so it's not like it has to be in comparison but I think this is when you see a sketch show with one person's voice well if you don't like their voice it's it's gonna be like ugh but if you love it it's like it's it's just funny in a way that you couldn't do if you had to run your sketches by 30 people you know because sometimes you have something in your head and you can't get it out so I watched that show and it I I literally kicked my feet in there. It just does it for me. Yeah, they're big fans of the con- the work of the comedy club here. It's come up a lot. A yeah, lot yeah, yeah. Well, you sh- people, and once you watch it, you're gonna go holy shit, and you're just gonna binge watch all of them because it is tight. Absolutely. You know, I so th- the last thing that I want to uh, do a little catching up on is the other thing that we mentioned uh, was when I asked you about you know, what was your first TV appearance was, and you mentioned Conan. Another thing you said uh, you were like the probably the first thing I did. Uh, doing stand-up on tv was evening at the improv yeah and did you know those are all on amazon prime right now they are and uh they're fun to watch but it's hard not to bring that up and say it reminds me let me speak for myself why to be not not because of an outward cry just let's keep my own 
my own rules that I like to make with myself. I like to, you know, I learn. I Just like if you're a dad or a mom and you learn better communication skills with your children. It doesn't mean you had to be a horrible parent before that, but you can be a, actually a pretty awesome parent and get better and better, understanding that words are powerful and going, oh, my God, 10 years ago I would have dealt with my son differently, but now through a little bit of learning I do that. That's what I like to do mm-hmm. and bring it to the stage. I do whatever I want, but... I'm allowed to change, you know, sure. someone, if you, it's like, if you went to family counseling and someone goes, Oh, was it a court order? Did your neighbors complain? No, I just thought I could probably learn some, you know, learn better communication skills. So when I watch those shows, it reminds me my own material too. my own material too. don't punch down. Okay. Don't punch down because you see so many, I don't want to use the word racist or homophobic. Cause I think those words fall on deaf ears. Just, you know, just, just sexist and but i will have to use the words racist and sexist and homophobic and you're like don't think it won't repeat itself because it wasn't always egregious and hateful on a scale from one to ten just vile hate some of it didn't seem that way at the time so what if you put a pair of buck teeth in and imitate a asian american person back then it's like oh it's comedy but now you go oh that was just wow so even some of my own jokes that I watched, I went, Todd, remember, just keep keep on the up and up, and that way you'll be proud of your work in 20 years. It doesn't mean you can't look back on your work and go, you know, wow, I was still a great comedian, but, oh, I did that and I did that. You don't have to hate yourself. It's just keep learning, keep growing, keep evolving. So, so you're so, not a person that has a trouble, like, oh, I could never watch myself. You actually have sat and I have both. Yeah. You know, sometimes I can't watch some of my own stuff. Uh, that has been so long that it was nostalgic for me too to go. Oh my God! Look at me, what I'm wearing. Yes. You know, like nice so, cardigan, Todd. Right? Yeah. Oh, look at you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's certainly nostalgic, and they should be watched because uh, it's. Even though I said the one thing about you, you, you notice that stuff. You'll also see a lot of comedians. I mean, you see a ton of comedians. Oh my God! The names. It's endless. It's it's like it brings it brings back it's so many names I haven't seen in forever, yeah. and also names like oh my, they're huge now. Yeah, huge. Yeah. Pretty 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 cool to watch. One those. of the ones that you did, uh, I mean, it's like one of the highest grossing comedians, Jeff Dunham, who you know say what some people don't get the puppet thing. No, oh, I don't mind the puppet thing. You know, I don't even very successful. I don't even mind saying this. Because I don't wish him, but I will say this. You know why I say it? Because what if someone's listening and they think of what I'm thinking, but I don't say it. They think I just, uh, I don't mind the puppet thing. Puppets can be brilliant uh, from a silly level to create a character, to be able to react to it. Puppets can be brilliant, let alone Sesame Street and the Muppets. Puppets can be brilliant. It's it's the racist joke, street jokes that he gives them that I have a problem with. And I always wonder, what if I see him? Like, I've always had a really, actually, when I see him, he's always super nice. He's always a friendly guy, but... When I, when I watch that act, I go, really? And, you know, it's two levels. They're racist. They're just mean-spirited. And they're mean-spirited jokes like street jokes. Yeah. Old street jokes yeah. that that that, a, that, a, that an 11-year-old would tell his friends. So that's my only problem with Jeff Dunham. The puppets can be fucking amazing. Do you know – I didn't think I was going to ask you this, but as I'm looking at the names on here, do you know what happened to Jeff Stilson? W- wow, that's a great question. Yes. Jeff Stilson. He's, Jeff Stilson's funny. Jeff Stilson, I did a show like 10 years ago produced by Happy Madison called Todd's Coma. 
and Happy Madison produced it, and it was going to, I forget the, the where it was going to go, but, you know, we, they bought a script, and we shot it. We shot a whole pilot, uh-huh. and Jeff Stilson was the showrunner. Oh, okay. Jeff Stilson was the showrunner, and he was great, and he is living in Australia. Oh, I'm wow. almost positive it's Australia, but, like, somewhere overseas. He met a woman over there, and he's still involved in, you know, producing, And uh, but, uh, yeah, Jeff Stilson. So the era of this show, there was, a, as you know, there were a lot of comedy shows. I think you did, like, the MTV half-hour comedy. There was all that, the stuff. A-list, the MTV yeah. comedy hour. He did a lot of those, too. He and did I a lot of those, too. And I remember him standing out to me as a, you know, that was, like, my earliest memories, kind mm-hmm. of, of seeing comedy on TV. That I didn't have to sneak behind my parents' back at the neighbor's house because yeah. it was, like, rated R or whatever. Uh he had one of my favorite jokes of all time. Let it was, the, it, it was the one about uh, interviewing the, the football team in the locker room after a loss. Yeah, we were doing good. I thought for sure we were going to win until uh, we fumbled that ball. Yeah, God made us lose. He hates our team. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he does it better than me. But so the, the God is, made you yeah, fumble yeah. the ball. Yeah, yeah. He said, oh, you never hear that. That you, was it. Yes, you he never goes, hear that. You always hear, thank God when they won. Yes. Thank God when they won. But you never hear, we were doing good till God made us fumble the ball. Yeah, he hates our team. <laughs> he hates our team. <laughs> and he did it so softly. Yes. So, so quietly, yes. but yes. very powerful. Uh-huh. He hates our team. Oh, I'll never forget that. I- it's funny how long. By the way, that proves how powerful words are. Because me and my brother... We'll, 30 years later, one little aside, aside that that comedian might have never made again, or it could have been a joke that resonated with us for mm-hmm. 30 years. But of course, that's overwhelmingly what it is. But sometimes it's an aside. 30 years later, me and my brothers, we'll remember, we'll look at each other, you know, and we'll, do, we'll, we'll say the aside, you know. All the names on here are so great. Uh, I don't know who Rusty Nails is. Rusty Nails, yeah, he he was he's probably still around somewhere. He was in San Diego, you know, last time I saw him, like 12, 13 years ago. So there's Jeff Foxworthy, Will Durst, who's been on this podcast yeah, Will many Durst, times. Jeff Foxworthy, all still, you know, obviously all still. And the interesting thing about this show is that uh, it had like a sort of like a celebrity host, right? At the beginning, yeah, of they always show. had like you know. I'm looking at one here that you were on, Charo. Charo, right? <laughs> you know, it's funny about Charo. I thought she has to be 90. Because I remember from when I was little, but someone told me when you were watching her on television, she was like 13. She was like a very young superstar. You know, she became not super, well, whatever. She became very big when she was young. So, yeah, it was like, oh, like Charo. Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. <laughs> you know what she always makes me think of is an episode of The Love Boat. She Nothing was, yeah, yeah, yeah. specific, but just that her being on The Love Boat. I didn't even know when I watched The Love Boat when I was little that all those people were famous before the love boat. oh no me ne- oh no me ne- i didn't know that they get walking guests like they're doing cameos you know yeah, yeah, yeah. i didn't know that talk a game show host were actors like i would just oh, say yeah. oh i thought you're game shows and then when you watch like you know old shows you know literally from the, sometimes the, the the 60s sure you're like oh i didn't know they were on that before they were on that you oh know? i knew richard dawson from a game show before he hogan's was, wasn't he on hogan's heroes right i, I think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, so that's a perfect example of that. So I, I show up here today, and uh, then I'm told that um, I didn't know this. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna tra- I'm, we're gonna switch switch. Uh, all good. I love switching gears. Switching gears here. I don't the like driving a stick story shift, though. In the in the comedy world this week, new cast members Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Audio. They find audio. Th- that actually happened. I was here last Thursday doing the podcast with Tim Slagle. I leave, come home, and I'm looking on Twitter, and it's like, Shane Gillis, Shane Gillis, da, da, SNL. Yeah. Whoa, what did I miss here? Now we're a week later. Guy had a job, now lost a job. Yeah. 
let me I, I you know I always say I'm not gonna bring it up but if it gets brought up I think it's good to talk about mm-hmm. it you know uh, can I um, let me say one thing sure I was pretty confident that I was gonna bring it up and talk to you about it and then I got here and can I, for all the research I do, I can't believe I missed the fact that it was uh, posted online in the last 24 hours that he was booked here at Acme. Yes. I didn't know that. He's coming to Acme. And uh, I, I'm not talking about it f- uh, widening the scope of this conversation because I'm afraid or anything like that. But it's, this went on before this happened. So I'd rather talk about it as a whole yeah. of – Look, it's all into the area of you can't say anything anymore. You got to look over your shoulder to do good comedy. Mm-hmm. So I really want to separate myself from that. I haven't heard. You might people go like, but, but I'm on a different side than probably most people. Okay, and that's why I think it's good to talk about mm-hmm. because I know there's other people that agree with me. I'm not talking about every situation, but excuse me while I do a preamble because. Every time I talk about it, I feel like someone takes away, and I'm, I'm not being facetious, not what I meant. And I think that makes me want to clean up my verbiage. Okay. I know that the cry from the audience has to be ignored sometimes. You know, the outcry of like, don't do this, and you said that, and you said this. Yes, we would not have good comedians. I am a, I am a comedian first. There's nothing more I love in life than being a comedian. So I understand that sometimes we have to ignore the pulse of the collective audience. Otherwise, we wouldn't have brilliant comedy. It's not saying the audiences are dumb. It doesn't mean you shouldn't value the audience. It doesn't mean that you should know when it's your responsibility. But sometimes if every good comedian got off stage and that outcry from that collective audience that night, you know, there's there's 300 people in a room, the collective audience. It doesn't mean that 150 were loving it, like when Mitch Hedberg used to perform, you know. You have to ignore it. Otherwise, we wouldn't have good comedy. But... I don't think there's a crime. So we've we've established that. I don't tell me a story. Yeah, but one comedian made fun of a girl's hat, and then she wrote a letter. To the, in that case, fuck the girl make, about her hat. But I don't think there's a crime. And also, when people say it's a fire culture, you know, it's everybody get cancel fired. Cancel culture. Yeah, it's let a me, cancel culture. Let me tell you something. And I've been hypocritical myself. I have. You say, oh, why do they do that? And then you go, you do the same thing. You just don't agree with this. You know what I mean? It's like when they go, oh, all these celebrities on Fox speak out because there's probably more Democratic celebrities speaking out. But they get the ones. They don't realize that they get the ones. They get Ted Nugent. They get there. So we, sometimes you call other people out on it. Comedians do the same thing. They could be called cancel culture. And it used to be the other way around because mostly people didn't have a voice. There wasn't Twitter. There wasn't all this stuff. So comedians were going on radio, whether it was Opie and Anthony or Howard Stern, and we had a powerful voice. Hopefully we used it in a good way. I did sometimes. I went on morning radio when I had a trouble with AT&T years ago. I went on morning radio five years after that when I had a trouble with Nissan. And they were productive. And so have other comedians. So have other comedians. And I don't disagree with them. A lot of times I heard them on the air going after somebody and I went, good. Sometimes, and they were powerful and sometimes they stopped something from happening. So you could say the same thing. If you agree with it, you're happy. If you don't, but both sides do it. Mm-hmm. So if, I hope that makes sense. And here's the last thing, and then I will listen, I'll talk. When I talk about the other side of this, you know, the other side of not agreeing, it's okay to grow as a comedian. It's okay to look back on your work. Um, I'm not talking about it being a law. Comedians should be able to talk about whatever they fucking want. I have to lay that out because then people get where I'm coming from. Ever you want. Ever you want. There should be no rules. But we're allowed to react to it. 
We're allowed to react to it. Sometimes I side with the comedian. Sometimes I side with the the outcry. Yeah. But we're allowed. But you're allowed to say whatever you want. I don't want a court order. I don't want a law made for comedians. Everything can be funny. Everything on this planet can be funny. Sometimes it's done well when you deal with taboo subjects. Sometimes it's not done well. So, you know, being that said, and I don't like vanilla comedy. I have to say all this, otherwise. When I go to say what we're going to talk about, people will go, oh, people once said, oh, you don't like comedians that curse? I go, what made you think that? Because I'm, you know, because yeah. of some other things I say. I like comedy that has guts. Uh, I, I call it po- uh, poetic vulgarness. When somebody, like, at their best can say it, like, in a way that just changes people, you know, if it's an opinion or something. Uh, and I like comedy that's crass and has guts. But you can do all that and still not punch the wrong people. Yeah. So with all that said, I think what happens, look, as we, as, as we grow in comedy, I came up with, oh, what I was going to say is people take for granted that I, and I apologize that my preamble has gone on longer than I thought, but I promise you once it over, I feel like I can then launch into the, the conversation. Um, people um, take for granted the side that I'm on always. They'll come up to me at, a, at a, maybe Thanksgiving. I'm home. And they'll be like, I guess you're tired of doing comedy right now. Why are you taking for granted that I'm on the side of you can't say anything anymore? The, and, and then I noticed, and I'm including this right now. Maybe I'm going to be a little bit of dick about it. I've been doing this 40 years, and it does not mean that I'm always right at all. But it means my opinion has some value, I hope. And it doesn't mean what I'm about to say should you should go, oh, my God, he's right, he's right, lay down, we're wrong. But if it doesn't bend your ear, I'm wondering if you're just holding on to a belief like a drug addict holds on to his lies. You think, well, why do you compare it? Well, if, a, if, if I'm right, the things I'm about to say, there are some comedians that have a lot of work to do. But if they're right, they can just keep going on the same way. So if I'm right and I convince someone they're right, a comedian may be listening and go, oh, my God, it clicked for me. Or someone that just watches comedy, he said it in a way and it clicked for me. I'm watching, and I want you to watch. If nothing I say, you go, wow, okay, I have a question about that, but that bent my ear. Bent your ear. If I don't bend your ear, I don't think your ear is bendable. Don't tell me, do I have everything to say? Do I say everything clear? Don't tell me I say nothing clear. It's okay if I'm confident enough to say I have something to say that should bend your ear. So, and I'm, and I'm, Hope the people listening will, will take that for granted, that, you know, maybe not take it for granted, take it into consideration. Right. Um, so I think what goes on, you know, when you're a kid and your parents correct you, they go, oh, say, please, cl- close your mouth when you're eating. Uh, open the door. There's somebody behind you in line. You know, there's a, a delivery man with a cart. Open that door for him. Open. It gets overwhelming when you're a kid. And sometimes you feel like, can I live? Can I just live? But in hindsight, 20, 30 years later, as an adult, now, unless you had parents that were teaching, like, you know, uh, manners from the 50s, that's too much for me. You know what I mean? Like, oh, curtsy. But most of the manners parents taught us, you look back on. No speaking until the man speaks. Yeah, all that, or or, or a kid should never be able to question an adult. No, you can, most of the, most, if you grew up in, you know, there are some, you know, most of the etiquette that our parents taught us, even though at the time overwhelming and it's just one thing after another, but you're also a kid. Yep. You look back on your go, was it over the top? Was my mom being uh, uh, sensitive? Was she being 
Was she, was she inhibiting my freedom of speech or was she trying to make it beautiful? And if you look back 25 years later, you'll go, oh my God, close your mouth, open the door, sneeze into your shirt, da da da. You're like, it was just overwhelmingly. It doesn't mean there's not exceptions. Yeah. For those exceptions, I disagree with when you go, oh, curtsy or, you know, oh, put your elbow. No, but, but most of it, you look back, oh, that one, that one. And I think that's how comedians feel. And let me tell you something. I'm a full-grown adult, and I sometimes feel like a child. I get corrected. I get very sensitive. I even welled up once about five years ago when something happened, and I, you know, someone, the club owner, Todd, you can't. And I welled up, and so I get it. So I, I want to say it from a gentle place. I think that's how comedians feel. I really do. I, I, they're like, oh, you can't say anything anymore. It's like it, life is – I think you're going to look back 30 years and go all the stuff you were asked not to do. Wasn't it just, I'm not talking about exceptions. If a guy goes, I heard in Minneapolis, there was a guy went on stage. Okay, that situation is different. Of course it is. But I think you're going to look back, watch Evening at the Improv. Watch someone put in teeth and go, Horo, how are you? Okay, was it, oh, it was okay at the time? Maybe it wasn't even okay at the time. But if you're not going to stop it because, and I hate saying sensitive. It puts everybody, like, that goes, you know, it makes us feel like, oh, I'm, a, I'm not a dainty flower. Right. You know, if you say something that's wrong, if you do a, if you do an affectation, you know, if you whatever it is, you know, you look back at the old evening at the improv. I don't get offended. To me, it's like if I say to someone if they're adding and they go, hey, two plus I go two plus two is seven. And they go, Todd, 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 two plus two is four. And I go, oh, did I hurt your feelings? No, I'm correcting you. Right. I'm helping you. So that's how I feel when I don't think everyone got their feelings hurt. It's like sometimes there are legitimate wrongdoings, just like etiquette. So I don't think we're going to look back. Hopefully, if you grow in 30 years and anything that we're being asked not to do, and I'm almost done, <laughs> I look at comedy right now, and I think it is the most exciting time to do comedy. The, the groups of people that are involved in comedy, the, 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 we always have further to go. We always need more diversity, but while we're at it, you have to stop and, 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 and be praised what is happening. Never has been comedy in the history of the world been, been represented by more people. You know, uh, women, you know, uh, you know, not just white males. That's what it was when I started comedy, white males. Yeah, I used yeah. to go, why is there only white people that come out to clubs? Go back and look at the old evening at the improvs. You'll figure it out. And they weren't sensitive for sitting yeah, there. You're not you know? wrong. So I look back and go, it's an exciting time for comedy. There's new funny people. There's, if you're out in the scene, immersed in the scene. People that say there's no good comedy or no good music, it's because you don't know where to go search for it. You can't listen to the radio and think... And, and name a you know a pop star from that so and I get it so how do I say that how, why do I think it's exciting and it's fun and and the, and you can say more now in the history of the world than you ever could say I'm not going to grab anybody on their side if they're going why does he have this perspective I think you're getting hung up on a few things that 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 if you if you I always ask someone that's listening even a comedian if I'm right if I'm right. And I'm looking in your eyes. I want to say to somebody, if I'm right, if I'm right, I just said if. And I can convince you that comedy is in a great fucking place. Is that exciting to you? I'm, I'm, for people listening, I'm adjusting my head. I'm trying to, I want it, not you, but the hypothetical person yeah, yeah. that disagrees with me. Is that exciting to you? I didn't say I was right. I said if I'm right. And I can convince you I'm right. And then prove that comedy is at a great place. And I can get you over. I understand why you think it isn't. But I just think it's like, you know, you, oh, you people get mad because verbiage. That's what we do. We, we, so, so, no, I don't mind growing. I don't mind changing. And 
I think it's from people that get caught up in some silly things. That, and they go, colleges used to be a place. Here's one thing. If it doesn't bend your ear, turn it off right now unless you want to just hear me be wrong, you think, and morbid. <laughs> but I hear comedians say colleges, you used to be able to forward thinker. They say it. I'm arguing with their logic. They, comedians say it. You used to be able to go to colleges and be a forward thinker. Come on, stop. You're a comedian. You're supposed to put a litmus test on absurdity. Have you ever thought? Don't just say yes. Have you ever really thought, oh, my God, did I get older? (laughs) Did I used to think they were forward thinking because when I was 37 or 30 doing college shows, because when you're a comedian when you're 37, you still got it. You're still hip. You're still relatively young. And young people love when an adult or an old person, when you're in college, a 35-year-old's an old person. Oh, yeah. You know, they love when they see someone that didn't turn into their most parents. So you sure it's not that you were aligned with the things that were important to – you were younger. You The things you were saying were aligned with the, what they were saying because you were younger. Mm-hmm. You sure there's not the same – that the, you know the things that, that that bother them you think are silly you think they're sensitive but they're not they're just you know so there you go I have a question for you should we should anyone be mad at the person people that are doing the outing the ones that are finding the audio that are finding the old tweet and not just sh- like, like we've been talking not just about this Saturday Night Live guy about anybody you know there have been other people in the last couple of years these tweets get okay found. let the me audio gets found let me say this if I got I, I look. I, I said I was gonna. T- my my. <laughs> Do you have a phone call? <laughs> no, I have my phone. Just the music starts going on. If somebody, th- I wish I would have led with this. If somebody went through my body of work, same thing would happen to me. Same thing would happen to me. You do push boundaries sometimes, and they're boundaries that don't need to be pushed sometimes. Sometimes they're boundaries that need to be pushed. Sometimes they're boundaries they've been pushed already. You know, you just drop it because it's wrong or drop it just because it's been done. But I would. I would absolutely. It was some things that I did. But I would hope that the way I spoke about it and my current body of work, they would go, I believe him. I believe this guy. And break it down. Make it cleaner. Whatever the thing is that someone – gets in trouble for may pretend you had a company because freedom of speech is a fuck freedom of speech is i am so sorry hold on let me you might want to edit this out i'm going to turn my phone off i totally i'm sorry freedom of speech is you know is 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 a is is a tough one because your boss also has the freedom of speech even if i disagree like yeah he gets freedom of speech he gets to say i don't want you working here so let's clean it up because otherwise we'll be like oh they don't care saturday night live they're just doing it turns too many rights and too many lefts let's say whatever the thing it could have been this snl thing it could have been this it's just you and that person and you have a company mm-hmm. and two weeks before you hire them something surfaces I would pull someone aside and go, hey, just want to check in. By the way, I would say, my body of work, I did the same thing. But where are you at with that now? Yeah. And if someone goes, your head bows a little bit, you're like, oh, God damn it. I should scrub the internet. But I said it. And I'm not sorry because I got caught. I, I hope my current body of work shows that, by the way. Because you, you can say stuff and then your body, then they go check. And it goes, I think this guy or girl is being genuine with me. So the same thing would happen to me. But I would say, yeah, I regret. There's, some, there's, there's one thing, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. Years ago I did it, and to this day sometimes I still think, oh, it was 
I go, I, I just, I grew. I didn't, no one, I didn't stop the joke because of public outcry. So aren't there some things that if you were hiring someone and that surfaced, you would pull someone in and go, what's going on? Of course. And, and if they've changed, they've changed. So it's not like you want them to say they're sorry. Sorry makes it look like, no, I don't want you to be sorry. I know that sounds, sorry is a nice start. I know that sounds aggressive. I don't want you to be sorry. I want you to be like, no, and you don't have to be. If you're not, then say it. I admire the fuck out of that. So if you go, no, I'm not sorry. That, that's brave. That's brave. But if you, if, if you're, if you, you know, it, because really what you're saying is, yeah, I want to be, I want to say whatever I want and can make big money and be famous. Well, so does everybody. Yeah. But you're, you can, and when they, I get it why certain people, this is, I'm talking bendier moment here. People go, yeah, but you know, you can't say, you get fired, you lose your job. Lenny Bruce would roll over in his grave. grave. No, he wouldn't. He'd be like, well, what, what happened? I said something and a lot of people reacted, a lot. How many, what'd you, how much time you spend in jail? None. Uh, how much time couldn't you do comedy? No, I could. I did a podcast the next day. So yeah, you pay the price for your speech. Yeah, that's that's the you know. Oh, I want to say whatever I want. I don't want anyone to react. And I don't always agree with the reactions. By the way, don't make it sound. Sometimes I go, oh fuck them. Yeah. But they're not always wrong. And there are these people, whether it's the Redskins or whether it's transgender bathroom or whether it's recycling or whether it's that group doesn't want to be called that anymore. I'm watching you from afar, not because one time you weren't okay with change. Every single time I'm watching you and you always have a problem with change. It's every single fucking thing's wrong. If you would go, no, on that thing I admitted I was wrong, on that thing I admitted I was wrong, on that thing I admitted I was wrong, I go, okay, you have a path. But, and I'm not asking you to do it now, to try to make up shit. I'm watching you from afar, and I watch comedians from afar. I watch people with podcasts from afar. And I go, just, is anything new okay? Kids are dumb. Music's dumb. Everything new is bad. Is that because you're not comfortable going, I turned into an old fuck, and right. you don't want to say that because you, you never wanted to do that, so you indirectly say these things that lead up to that? So, you know, that's, that's yeah, so I, I don't mind changing. And I was very honest. I said if they went through my work, oh my, I, I've said things that they weren't egregious, but they are when the years roll by. Oh, no, I have some here. We're going to, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I transcribed uh, th- six pages of your jokes from 25 years ago. We're going to break it down. Yeah. Did uh, I one more? Was thing. that? A, was that? Do, by the way, was that? Did you think anybody listening to that? You think I talked anybody into thinking? Oh, I never looked at it from that point of view. Oh, I would think so. Because, like I said, I think being addicted to this thing is like the same thing as being addicted to drugs. That you you're you're working backwards when you're when you're addicted to drugs you steal you do wrong things and your whole thing is to just protect what gives you short term gratification which is the drug gives you short term and the short term gratification to me of this of going oh the kids today it means hey if everybody else is crazy I'm sane I don't have any work to do on myself but if I'm right if I'm right you go hey there's a little bit of work to be had. I think there's a connection between this going on and it, all the attention it gets and people that slow down when they drive past a car accident. They just want to see the chaos. They're not involved, and they just want to see the chaos. I think there's something to be said just for that, too. Well, I'm sure that happens, but that, again, that seems to be very honest with you, leaning towards, leaning into everyone wants to just see a car accident. Some people just see something wrong. You know, if you go back and look at comedy – 
Oh, go, trust go, me, go, Todd. Go. I, dr- I, I try to speed past that car accident. I right. don't want to see. I've seen yeah. one. That means I've seen them all. Well, what do you mean speed by? When, the, when there's an outcry for, like, hey, that's not a cool thing to say. No, I, I'm actually literally saying a, a car. Like, I'm literally saying on the side of a road at a car accident. A literal car accident. I get mad at other drivers when they slow down and need to see what's going on. In my mind, I'm like, you've seen. What, what, what is it going to. You're wasting everybody's time. It's human instinct. You're wasting everybody's yeah. time. You're wasting everybody's time. So, so I'm literally saying that. So and, are I you, think, and I think that there's Who's wasting whose time when you make the analogy to what's going everybody's on? Everybody's slowing down to take a look. Comparison to? Uh, well, I'm, I guess it's kind of loose, but just that uh, that the whole um, – how am I saying it? The whole culture right now of where people are getting chased out of their jobs. And, so, you know, you know we're on di- – so you know, just to be clean, not argumentative, you know we're on, we're on different pages because I don't agree. Okay. Did you know that by my conversation yes. with you? Yes. Okay. And I know that seems facetious, but I'm no, no. I'm trying harder than I've ever tried before to have an honest interview, to look across, and after I said all that, you know, without even acknowledging it, like you seem like you're agreeing with me, I don't agree with that. I don't agree that everyone's trying to chase someone out of job. Go oh, back. No, no, and, no. I I don't think it's universal. I think there's a there's a percentage. It of happens. Yeah. But that's not the part that needs the energy. It's like. That's not the part. It does happen. So why don't I lean into that a little? Give, why don't I budge? Like you're saying, you budge. Everyone on the other side. Because right now, everybody thinks that. And let me tell you something. If you ask the average comedian, I know I'm putting words in their mouth, but I bet they'd agree. If I said to an average comedian that disagrees with me, go, do you understand that I'm aware? I'm not arguing with you now. I'm just trying to get in your head. Yeah, Picture yeah. any comedian, not you, anybody, um, that most people agree with you. I think they'd go, yeah, I know. Most people think you can't say anything. So I just want to let you know I'm aware that you got the masses on your side. And uh, they, if they said, yeah, and I think they would, I'd go, doesn't that concern you? The masses have not been right when it comes to anything. Oh, the masses didn't want women to vote. The masses didn't want black people to marry white people. And now comedians are on the cop side. So you're yeah. not worried. You can't take a step back as a comedian. Let me tell you something. If I'm right and there's a comedian and this gets in their ears and you take something from what I said, you will thank me in 10 years because your comedy can get better. You'll have a little self-work to do. But if you don't get upset that you're on the side of the cops or the pulse of America... That should give you concern. That should bend your ear a little. If it doesn't, then I will never fucking say anything that will change your mind. But you're on the the, uh, the masses agree with you. As a good comedian, you should be like, oh, uh, probably not a good idea that the masses agree with what I say. Correct. The uh, I have a perfect example of how I, it bends my ear when I hear this one certain thing. There was a commercial that was playing a lot throughout the summer, and it was for some app. Doesn't matter what it was. It was a game. It was a game you play on your phone. And at the very end of it, their uh, their big pitch is their big sales pitch is, we've had blah 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 millions of downloads, millions of people can't be wrong. Millions Fuck of people, you. right? Yes, so they can. That's what I'm saying. That I agree with that. Mostly they are. So I don't know how that wouldn't, and maybe it's a little presumptuous of me to say that. Give a comedian that wants to be a good comedian that there's a chance that I could get into their head instead of coming up with these. These 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 other cases, but to go, wow, I I, it's not that you want to be not agree with people. You shouldn't go out of your way, but but the the masses are not right most of the time. So if you don't go, oh God, the masses agree with my view. 
Overwhelmingly, the masses agree that you can't stand. But the, a lot of the world right now, everybody who comes up to me, a, a comedian or at a holiday thing at my parents' house, they go, oh, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. So, so it doesn't that concern you as a comedian that you got the, the masses on your side? No, no, I, 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 I was just really pointing something out. I, do, I think we agree more than you Good. No, think I, we do. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I just didn't want to – I wanted to be – you know, because what makes your eye was coming across. So I, believe me, I spoke this passionately before, and I walk away. Yeah. Somebody says something, I'm like, oh, I don't know if they realized what side I was on. No, I, I – honestly, Todd, I think that I – I think we agree more than you think. I, I think I was more just pointing out that – what I see, I see, I see a, a culture that that does that. I don't necessarily agree yeah. with it. And also, by the way, some of the comedians, not all, that are look, yeah, more people have a voice. I get it. I get it. You can get on Twitter, but also, first of all, also it's what you look for. There's also a lot of love going around on Twitter, and a lot of a lot of uh, positive things going around on Twitter. But I get it. But more people didn't have a voice back then. They go, it never bothered anybody before. And by the way. Also, it should concern you as a comedian. This same argument happened in the 60s and the 70s right. and the 80s and the 90s. I'm telling you, having this opinion and being on the other side of me, you know, opinions have facts around them. You can have an opinion, but there's some clean facts around opinions. And, and some of the things I'm saying are clean. Again, bend the ear. Someone that goes, is that true? Uh, if you want to go, well, yeah, but not as bad. Yes, it was as bad. I bring to this. I remember in the, I remember in the, in the 80s, there were the older comedians saying, all oh, they do is curse today because they were just watching a show on television. They didn't know all the brilliant comedians. This happens every 10 years. They all think that, you know, you can't say anything anymore. And it's just like, it's, um, I, I lost my point. <laughs> but, hey, the good news is I think that it's in a great place, comedy. There's a lot of new funny people. And, uh, you, know, you know, can I give you one more example of what you, somebody was watching All in the Family. Now, that's a show a lot of the listeners might not remember. But there was a character on there, Archie, Archie, Bunker, Archie Bunker, and he said some horrible things. Mm -hmm. And then Michael, my, the, the son-in-law, was there to give the other side. Yes. I, I, uh, some people disagree that some go, ah, it, I knew what they were doing. But I think it was done brilliantly. But is, who was the creator of that show? Neil Simon? Mm. Neil yeah. Simon? Who, uh, forgive me. Yeah. Neil something. Yeah, I think that's right. It's horrible. But anyway, they asked him in an interview because people watch that show. They go, oh, you can't do that anymore. You can't do that anymore. He didn't say it with that tone. And he goes, good. It did its job. Good. I love that answer. I did a. I wanted to do a backflip in my living room because I didn't yeah. know what his answer would be. I had sort of echoed that sentiment. Okay. There's new fights to fight. And he goes, it did its job. Who, who would play the 50-year-old that used the N-word? Uh, uh, Stamos, a guy like because uh, things change because you're like Archie Bunker was like 48 years old. Mm -hmm. It was different times. Like so, it's it's okay that I never hear a comedian ever. I I hear them say, "Oh, you can't do that anymore. You can't do that anymore." Which is oh, but don't you ever say, "Wow, I'm glad I don't do that anymore." Just like if you had kids. Just like if you have kids, if somebody goes, God, I'm glad I learned some better techniques with my kids. Not, oh, you can't call your son stupid anymore. I can't do that anymore. I'm glad I can't. I can't hit him anymore? Yeah, because things are better now. We have a better communication, so I'm glad I can't do that behavior anymore. Yeah. Because 
you, you the, look at comedy. You can talk about, okay, so maybe there's words, a few words you can't say. Celebrate what you can say. You can talk about being an atheist on stage. I used to be scared to mention that. You can talk about depression on stage in an honest way. You can talk about being an alcoholic on stage in an honest way. You can talk about being gay on stage in an honest way. There's so many things that I'm not even remembering, and we get caught up. Oh, I can't say retarded or gay or fag or cunt or pussy or bitch. And the, you know the sad part is I just said you can't. That's not even true. The real line is you, can't, you can still say that, but there might be an outcry. There might be people go on Twitter. And one more, well, I keep saying one more thing. <laughs> a lot of those comedians that are tired of everyone having a voice, not all. Some of them got their fame from more traditional like ABC or HBO or, you know. Some of them got it because of modern day social media where anybody could have a voice. Some of them got it because they're, they're, uh, something they had went viral on YouTube. So you're one of those people that anybody could fucking say anything. And then you created this massive audience or, you know, sometimes not massive but an audience that can make you have a career because of social media because be able to do instagram or twitter or do a podcast so when you say oh everybody can get on and say anything yeah that's you that's you so you just want the good part of it well i want to be somebody that can benefit but other people no so to me that's that's funny to watch someone say anybody can say anything and i'm going that was you you didn't hbo didn't make you famous nbc didn't make you famous you got famous because the internet yeah And people, so what? It's like going, I want to say whatever I want, and I want anyone to hire me I want, and I'll tell you something that I don't want, and I think it's part of being a rebel that says what they want. I don't want people to react. Well, you won't go to jail. I I know that. I don't want people to be able to react. And sometimes they're wrong, but everybody gets to react, and sometimes good comes out of it. Not all bad. We hear people, their plight, and they're not wrong, and they're not sensitive always. You know, don't make them sensitive. It makes them look like the victim. I'm sensitive. I'm not sensitive. There's, there's, there's legitimate wrongdoing. You know, we're human beings first, you know. And it's okay to be sensitive about things. It is okay to be yeah. sensitive. Matter of fact, I've always said that I think most of the people that say everyone's sensitive, I, I ask them this, and I go, don't answer. Because if you're going to give me an honest answer, if you give me an honest answer, you have to lay in bed. Lay in bed and think about it. From a gentle place, I'll change my tone. Is there a chance that it could be? I'm not talking to you, but I'm using the word that it's you. Is there any chance that it's you that's being sensitive? Like a little kid when his dad says you can't have a cookie and he goes into the room and he goes, Dad yelled at me. Well, he didn't yell at you because you know that because you're a parent and you overheard it. And you heard Dad go, you can't have a cookie. Then he went into the cookie jar and he went, Adam. Just that voice. He can't. Yeah. He felt yelled at. So when people go, oh, I'm tired of everyone yelling at me. No one yelled at you. Someone politely corrected you. And again, don't tell me about a lady in Florida that came up after your show and yelled at you. I'm talking about the masses. Is there a chance that it's the cookie thing? No one yelled at you. Someone lovingly went, hey. And by the way, they're not always wrong. Comedians have had people go up to them after a show and go, that bit was offensive. And I don't think the comedian should drop it. They act, yo, hey, thanks for your opinion. But doesn't, there's no crime if somebody says something intelligently after a show or through an email, you can go, wow, I never looked at it. So it's not when they're wrong, it's when they're right. That's why I read all emails. And sometimes I've been educated through kind, loving people emailing me something that went, wow, and it's not easy for me to change. I get it. The transgender, the their, them, 
uh, you know, at, at that, I, I, I was on board before I knew how to do it, and I would get nervous. I go, am I saying it right? But you know what? Yeah. All they do, care is that if you give a shit to at least try. And, the, you know, because that's one thing. Like, people that were going, I was okay with gay marriage. I was the first one to support the women's right in 19. But this uh, pronoun thing now. But I'm driving down the street, and I thought one day, you know, there's eight billion types of flowers. And then and molecules, you know, there's there's a plant, there's 80 types that plants, there's everything in this world, there's something, and then there's eight, you know what I mean, stemming off from that. Yeah. Maybe it's just this. This is my own theory. Someone that wants to not fit into a guy or a girl. What are the odds that with that, you know, there's chromina, this, and there's like, there's a, there's a bug, and there's eight types, thousands of types of that bug, that when it came to sexuality or human beings, they went, okay, we'll have men, we'll have women, and uh, okay, gay people. Now, I think everybody on the planet should be able to fit into that and live a healthy, comfortable life. If that doesn't sound silly to you, if that doesn't go, oh, my God, he just explained why we're shredding up the confines of sexuality. Maybe I didn't understand it. And maybe, it, maybe it'll change. But it's like a house that you're redoing and you have buckets everywhere to try to make it work. And then you get rid of the buckets and take the roof off. It gets messier before it gets better. But straight white people can benefit by a sexual revolution. And maybe that's what it is. We're just shredding up the confines. If you say to me, that sounds weird, then I'm a dick because I go, if what I said came out of my mouth, didn't go, yeah, that's what he said. Okay, we got guys, we got girls, and gay people. Okay, now the planet, you're one of those. You should be able to live a very healthy, comfortable life and be your true self. If you don't go, well, probably not. So why, that's how I came to grips with it and go, oh, because I didn't understand it first either. Yeah, I like that. I, I, didn't, I didn't understand it either. I was like, well, what is it? What if they could just be who they were, but the world wouldn't judge them? Would they have we to We were it? having a conversation with my 13-year-old daughter the other day, and she pointed out that there are three kids that she's friends with that don't identify as male or female. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And those, these people shouldn't have a life because somebody's going to tell one of their cock and bull stories. See, I'm, you're not going to bring anybody with you if you're aggressive, so I'm, I'm trying to change my tone. They shouldn't have what they want because somebody goes, well, I heard about a story in Indiana where the baby came out of the womb, and they're not going to call anything. You know what? I, I, if I heard the details of that person saying it, I bet it's a little different than you're saying. And even if it is, even if somebody is doing – okay, that's not the masses – Let's, you know, because there's always somebody that has a story. Right. Is that your reason you're not going along with it? Because this story in Indiana, nowadays, you're not going to be able to. And by the way, it's just how your parents felt. You know, it's just how your parents felt. A friend of mine was telling me that uh, when he told his dad he, uh, that he wanted to be called. It's, actually, it's a, somebody I've talked to at the gym a lot about this. My gym, when, you know, he's on the treadmill next to me all the time. And he goes, he, he, had, he disagreed. And I said, can I give it a shot on the treadmill here? He goes, I know what you mean. When when I was younger, my dad, I wanted to be called black. I hope I'm getting his story right. And back at that point, it was Negro. And my dad couldn't. Why would you want to be called black? I hope I'm getting it right. But it was verbiage was changing, you know. And, you know, the thing is, if you give it, if you care enough to ask, like it's like, oh, now maids wants to be called housekeepers. Now, uh, uh, stewardess, flight attendants. If you listen to the story, every, if you listen to the story, you know what? You'll go, oh, that actually makes sense. Every story, if you listen to it, if you listen to it, and people go, oh, you can't even ask questions. Now, here's when I have a right to be a little tough on people because there are facts and there, there is linguistics. That means there's verbiage, there's pronouns, there's verbs, and you're not asking a question. You're saying that weirds me out or that's bullshit or that's gross. That's not a question. Yeah. That's not a question. 
because when you go, if you ask a question now, you get you can't even go. Come on. You know what? With some good detective work, I can prove that you're not being honest even unknowingly. Because when a group of people that feel they're unheard, when you ask questions, they light the fuck up. Yeah. So I love you. I care about you. And as a comedian, I can say, I don't think you're being honest with me. If you can look back and go, okay, what were the questions I asked? And I did it to somebody one day. I did it to somebody one day. I go, it was very, it was a little bit sarcastic, but I don't think they, they did not know I was going there. But I said, oh, I have some uh, sometimes transgender people on my podcast. I've had them twice. What are some of the questions you wanted to know? I could email them. That's right. Interesting. Because there were no questions. Uh-huh. There's no questions. Yeah. Because come on. They light up with questions. They, if you hear someone saying it wrong, I, I remember when I was trying to not use the word retarded anymore when I first, as an adjective, you know, um, I, I got nervous because I would say it and then, and then someone goes, Todd, if anybody hears that's, that's with that, you know, that cares, they love that, oh, I'm watching that person go through the process of getting that out of the vocabulary. No one's looking to attack you. It's just, a, it's a cookie. I'm telling you, it's the kid with the cookie. Daddy yelled at me. No, he didn't. I have a perfect example of that, uh, the whole daddy yelled at me thing. My uh, same daughter uh, a few weeks ago was like, why? She asked me, why are you so mean to the cat? I saw you you threw the cat. I said, whoa, what are you? No, when you were walking around the other day, you threw the cat. I said, honey, are you going around telling people that I threw the cat? I said, she was trying to get up my leg, and I took my foot and brushed her away. Yeah. I'm like. Anna, my other daughter, said, it, did, did I throw the cat? No, no, I've seen you. you, you should, the cat like uh, is obsessed with me. I'm like, I pushed her away. Yeah. You, I uh, know. I'm like, honey, this, but in like, her to eyes, the wrong person, they hear you say I'm, I'm throwing the cat? It sounds fucking aw-. I'm like, you can't <laughs> right. say that. But in her eyes, that. in her eyes, that's what she probably felt like. Yeah. So I, I uh, you know, I feel really good about the talk today. I feel like I was as clean as I can ever be with it, and I think I said some things that I always forget to say. Good. And, and uh, like again, I always I said today I'm not going to talk about it, but if you bring it up, I'll, I'll be very honest. I was going to be very happy because it's 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 the same thing that's been going on and on. And people ask, they go, "Is this was this going on?" It had a different name. Yeah. You know, uh, Stuart Stuart. Um, oh, he's a comedian from England. Stuart. Uh, we can put it in post. Stuart. There, no one noticed that. Um, he said that if there is a downside of what we call politically correctness, it's a small price to be to pay for social decency. And I love that he said that, and I love that he echoed some of the ways that I feel. If there is, he said, you know, but it's just, you know, it's just maybe, a, you know, it's just trying to like not make the same mistakes we made in the past. And I said, it's you know, just like with your kids, understanding people, understanding words are powerful. Words are powerful. And again, you know, it, it, I don't say it should be court ordered. Like, can't you, I, I didn't drop, I didn't drop any of my jokes that I don't like anymore because I realized they were bad to be fair. Maybe once in a while, but y- usually they dropped out of my act because I just got tired of doing them. And then 10 years later I see them and I go, Oh, Okay, so I'm including myself in this. I am. I'm not. Someone has to go. No one has to go dig through my yeah, work. No, that's good. That's good. You know, me. definitely including myself. And you know, and and you grow. And and uh, I'm not. I don't have to be embarrassed of your old work. You just you grow. You change. Isn't that a good thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there? Um. Let's just 
So I, I also, let's give a little attention. You have a, a special, the most recent one that you filmed in between 2016, last time you were here, and yeah. now. That's on, it's on Netflix and Amazon Prime, right? Yeah, they, they, uh, more money. Yeah. Um, yeah it's on, I did it in 2018, and um, this is, I, you know, I, I really uh, had a lot of control over this one. Uh, a guy by the name of Jeff Rowe and Scott Moran, who is, uh, used to be a comedian now, he's like, direct stuff and uh, works with Rory Scovel and they both and and I got to do everything I wanted to do it's intimate it's like an 80 seat room yeah but I think like you say 75 at the beginning 75 yeah. yeah and just packed in there but it's 75 but like you know the the band is like wearing fitted suits yes. and and they come in and they're black table I knew this director got it when he goes I know what you mean black tablecloths to the floor oh. like goodfellas you know like yeah. when and I, I want it to be like you're in New York and there's a room that holds 75 people, but it's 50, 60 bucks to get in to see this jazz performer or this yeah, yeah. old, you know, an old crew. You Everybody know, wants to be there. Yeah, you didn't. they didn't make it big, 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 but that's, it's an event to be in this room. And you get in there and you feel it. Like you're downstairs and it's run tight and there's a four-piece band squished onto the stage. Yeah. And it starts like it's a – it literally is a show that you would see in front of 3,000 people but you see it in a room that holds 75. It's got that production value to yeah. it. So I there are some similarities to what you're doing this week at Acme with what is on that special yes. on Netflix and Amazon. So if you've seen that and you liked even a little bit, come here this week at Acme and see it live. Thank got a you. live band in the corner here. Yeah. Something you'll never see at Acme. You'll yeah, they're never tight see in this. There. They're Mr. Rogers and the Make uh, Believe Friends. They're a local band. I looked them up last night yeah, when I got home. Two of the guys... Uh, uh, Jerry and Devin are in the band, and then a local comedian I put in with the band, okay. uh, Andrew. Do you yeah. know? You know Andrew? No, yeah. but I I'm learning. I I yeah. looked him up last night. Yeah. On, online. Yeah. But uh, so they're all great. Yeah. So it's been fun, and this is just really always great fun comedians. You know, there's nothing more I like after the shows. We hang out in the green room backstage and just uh, just be silly. It's pure Let, joy. Let's pure joy. The last thing, speaking of that, you had a special guest last night. Oh, Nick. Nick Swartzen came out on stage. I love it, Nick. Just It's so funny because you're not expecting it, and then all of a sudden he's through the curtain, and you literally do an audible, ah, you know? No, uh, i got to ask you something, because I went on Instagram when I got home that night, and he was here, you guys, he was here with you before the show started, I get in. I got in Monday night. Okay. Uh, on their open mic night. Did you do open mic? I didn't do it. The show was pretty long, and I didn't think, you know, they needed, you know, the, at one point the staff isn't making any money, you know. Oh. This. So the but show went so down. long. But I came down, and Nick went out at the end of that. Oh, but okay. I didn't know he was going to come out during the show, so it's always fun. Yeah, my wife was like, I don't think, she goes, do you think Todd knew Nick was coming no. out? No, not I go, at all. I don't, maybe. She goes, the look on his face. I said, you know what? He was like in the middle of a bit. Yeah, no, I don't no, think I, I had no idea. And um, we he told the pa the infamous pancake story the night we met. But um, it, it was fun. This is a lot of fun. I, I really do uh, know when I'm here that I don't have to wait 10 years and go, oh, Acme was a special place. It, it's such a special place. Yeah, the comedians that hang out here are nice because Lewis treats the people nice and it's just a great energy. The staff here is nice. It's a, they're adorable. Like they're just all happy and excited. They're none of them are bitter or jaded. If they are, they hide it well. Yeah. But I think it's because they still like comedy and they mm -hmm. still like being around it. So it's you walk every night. Like that's why I like a long week. I love coming in on Monday and leaving on Sunday because uh, you walk into just a great situation every night. And I'm appreciative. And I wanted to throw them a little love because I'm very aware of how you know how awesome they are. Very cool. Um, 
thanks again for doing this. I'll Thank you. I it. appreciate it. And I and I appreciate you letting me talk and also at times rant for long periods. But I feel like I got it out better than I ever have before. And I appreciate you letting me do that. Good. I wanted to say that I don't I have no idea how much uh, how much media stuff you did today or yesterday or the rest of the week. And I, I, I will tell you that I was like, everybody's going to be freaking hitting every comedian this week to ask him about like yeah. i don't want to be it's so easy to throw this out yeah. there like i don't want to do that but then i do want to do it because it's yeah. i want to hear his opinion i wish they would have hired him i really do because i think that's a better way and then have an then have a conversation hire okay. him and go let's talk because i think maybe good could have come out of that and uh i i, I i'm glad i remember to say that too because i do i would have if it was me i would have been i want to hire him and then talk about it talk about hey you know here's my opinion here of yours but, uh, but um, yeah, I didn't want to get into the nitty-gritty of that because I learned over the years I did not listen to the uh, – I did not listen to it directly. I just heard about it, and I've learned, you know what, no matter what you think, listen to everything before you make – that's why I wanted to keep it broad mm -hmm. as opposed to uh, just about him. Thank you, sir. You're welcome.